Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf. Well, I thought we'd talk this morning about the latest developments when it comes to high school kids being recruited for college sports programs. Now, I know this is a topic that is always of perpetual interest to parents and student athletes, primarily because the topic is so complicated and because for many, It's just very, very hard to figure out who to trust. And the irony is that even though you would think after all these years, the recruiting process will become easier, it seems to me that, if anything, it's only become more complex. Parents and athletes are really sort of lost in a maze, and they need to ask the right questions. Now, let's be honest. If if your son or daughter is a top-flight five-star athlete and has been a star for several years in high school— Chances are that he or she has been receiving calls and letters from college coaches for some time. But if your kid is really, really good, but is not a five-star All-American high school player, well, the recruiting process is different for them. That is, you or your youngster have to do much of the heavy lifting uh, when it comes to getting the word out to college coaches. So does your kid write directly to college coaches or uh, how do you know whether your kid is good, even good enough to play in Division One, Two, or Three? Should your son or daughter uh, send a highlight video reel? Should you try and schedule a, 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 a meeting with the coach in person? Again, these are just the kind of questions that you're going to be facing if your kid is a youngster who aspires to play in college. Now, over the years, as you know, when it comes to recruiting shows, I always call upon Wayne Mazzoni to get his insights and perspective. Wayne Mazzoni is, a, is the longtime pitching coach at Sacred Heart University. He's also one of the nation's leading experts on the college recruitment process. You can check out uh, a lot about Wayne and, and his advice at his website, which is CoachWayneMazzoni.com. Mazzoni is spelled M-A-Z-Z-O-N-I. And, of course, this morning, because people always have questions about recruiting, we'll open the phone lines right away at 1-877-337-6666. That's brought to you by Mohegan Sun. Unlimited possibilities await you at Mohegan Sun. Plan your stay at mohegansun.com. Wayne, good morning. Hey, good morning, Rick. Happy holidays. You too, my friend. Uh, Well, you know, let's let's talk about my my, my premise here. Uh, if, If your kid, if you're a parent and your kid aspires to play sports in college but it's not necessarily being heavily recruited what is there one general sort of theme or or best approach you can give to to youngsters and their parents who are starting this process i I think so i think you have to get it into a workable system in some way And, and the best way to do that from the athlete and parent side is to start narrowing down a list of schools based on academics based on your personal desires of college and how far from home what size enrollment 
um, what setting of the campus. You know, try to find schools that you like that are an academic fit. And then, as you mentioned, then you really need to nail down what level is right for you because if you don't figure that out or just assume you're a Division One player when you're really not, you'll, you'll either get completely overlooked in the process or you'll waste years of time trying to get these coaches interested in you that it's just not going to work out in the long run. Now, I, I want to come back to that. It's an important point. But when, when the process should this begin between the kids' uh, junior and senior year in high school in the summertime? I mean, I think... I think that the part that I just mentioned of really starting to figure out what the kid likes and where he might or she might be headed academically and really what the talent level is. I mean, I don't think ninth or 10th grade is too early. I'm not saying recruiting starts yet at that stage, but to start visiting some campuses and sitting down with your high school coaches or your travel coaches and having them tell you, listen, you're probably a D3 type player unless you do these things. To get better, you know, the kid thinks he's or she's a Division One player. When the coaches all think Division Three, you know, by the by ninth or tenth grade, you have time to work on your skills or get stronger or get on a nutrition program. So I tell kids, you know, if you're really serious about it, the the, the legwork starts earlier. The recruiting, the heavy recruiting, is probably going to take place for most at some point in their junior year, summer between junior and senior, and then certain sports like football is definitely the fall of senior year. Let's talk about this for a second, Wayne, because I think this is a a crucial and critical point in the process, and that is trying, if a parent, and we know the parents, understandably, usually see their kid as being a little taller, a little faster, a little more talented than perhaps the kid really is. So the parent right away comes from this perspective, like saying, well, my kid clearly is going to be a Division I player. Uh, where in the reality, as you just mentioned, sometimes the kid uh, is sort of projecting as a Division three player, and that's coming from the, the, the coaches the kid's playing for. Um, and, you know, it's, it's sort of a, a difficult uh, sort of time for, for a parent or a kid to sit down, and the kid thinks, look, I'm, a big, I'm doing well with my, my travel program or my high school team. Clearly, I want to go Division One, and I should be going Division One. But but the coaches on the outside, the, the 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 coaches who see the kid play all the time, are thinking, you know, you'd be good. You're a good player, no question about it. But you're not going to be a D one recruit. You're looking at a D three, uh, you know, plateau. Uh, how, how does? Because and then the, that's the ultimate question is, well, would you rather be a kid at a D one program who sits on the bench and doesn't really get into the games? or be a kid who's actually going to play and play a lot at a D3 program? That, that's a tough call for a lot of moms and dads and for their kids. Yeah, and I think what happens for parents, and I'm a parent, and I know I've probably overinflated my kids because that we love them, right? But of course, of I, course. I think the, the, the tough part for parents is they don't have the bigger picture of the recruiting process. They're not seeing the amount of players from all over the country that the college coaches are seeing. So, yeah, their kid might be pretty good on the high school or travel team. It doesn't exactly equate to you know, to be in a Division One player. And, and one thing I do want to say is most people have no earthly idea how talented you have to be even to play at the Division Three level. It's not like this small step over high school. It's really talented, good players. So a lot of kids out there are thinking, well, that's, you know, D3 is my fallback plan if nothing else works. Mm-hmm. It, it's competitive. It's very, very competitive at that level as well. Yeah, I, and, you know, I'm, we're talking with Wayne Mazzoni, of course, this morning about this cold college recruiting process. And, uh, you know, Wayne, we, we've said this for years, most parents who aren't familiar with college sports, they just sort of assume that, well, D3, that's just the next step, the next 
obvious progression from playing uh, high school varsity or being on a travel team as though D3 is like playing, uh, I don't know, like an intramural team. Right. No, that's not the way it works. D3 is highly competitive, and uh, it's very, it's, it's, as I use the expression, it's a quantum leap between high school to college, and that's really true. I mean, it, it's, just, it's just it's that complicated. All right, let's, let's get to our calls, as promised. Let's start the, our calls this morning with John out of Asbury Park. John, good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning. I love the subject. This is this is uh, so timely. My son is a uh, catcher, a junior. I uh, won't name the school in North Jersey, uh, private Catholic high school. You could probably figure it out. Anyway, um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> he's doing doing really well. Getting uh, contacts from uh, you know D one schools. Two part question. One, could you just touch on the dangers of when schools over recruit and then they wind up making cuts in the fall? And number two, can you uh, give me a little insight on whether um, the travel ball plays more uh, a part of being recruited than uh, the high school uh, team itself? Thank you very much, and I'll listen to your answer. All right, good questions, John. Thank you. Let's uh, Wayne. Let's get right into it. What about yeah. this? colleges well, over recruiting and and kids, you know, and their travel team or high school team? Well, I, I try never to make my talks or this uh, appearance about baseball, but since he asked the baseball specific question, you don't find that a lot in baseball because baseball has different rules than other sports, especially in terms of scholarships. So that if someone gets offered a scholarship in baseball, it has to be at least a twenty five percent offer of what that school costs. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. coaches are not in the practice of offering the kids that money, bringing them in, making a commitment, and then getting rid of the kid, which also affects your APR and these other things where you get judged on. Now, you know, I know you also, we kind of wanted to talk a little bit about what the difference is between a walk-on and a recruited walk-on. A kid that's a recruited walk-on, which is someone that is getting guaranteed a roster spot without scholarship money, that still, the coach is not looking to, to offer one of those precious spots to somebody that he's going to bring in and get rid of in the fall. So very rarely do, in the baseball world, the kids get cut that were actually recruited. The walk-on kid who just kind of shows up and, and looks for the, you know, for the tryout sign has no promises. But you'll find coaches are not in the business of bringing in kids and, and getting rid of them, um, probably in any sport for that matter. We spend so much time recruiting. We're not looking to bring in these kids and and get rid of them. Yeah. Uh, what was the second part of his question? Well, he was talking about, well, it was sort of tied together about, the, you know, whether it's uh, preferable to have your kid, you know, really sort of shine on a travel team or be a star of the high school team. I think that's what uh, yeah, John was I, saying. Yeah, I think the answer to that in all these different sports is, the, is these travel teams take place either in the summer or when that college coach is in their off-season mode, whatever the sport. So these travel teams definitely get more coaches to see them because that's just the way the recruiting process works. I wouldn't say that discounts your high school season. Um, certainly the kids on programs that, that make the playoffs and go a long way, they get a lot of attention from college coaches. And certainly most college coaches are talking to the high school coach to find out what kind of player that kid is and mm-hmm. what kind of character they have. So the high school sports in my, I think in not every sport, but in most sports still matter just as much as they always have. Yeah. Well, we're just getting going here in our conversation about the, the changing landscape of uh, college recruiting because uh, it seems every year there, there are new angles, new, new concepts, new, new uh, mandates that are involved. And, of course, we're talking with Wayne Mazzoni, 
about his experience in this field. And we're taking your calls at one 337 6666 When we come back after the commercial messages and uh, Dave Uram, who has your sports update, we're going to talk more about travel teams and tournaments and showcases and even specialized high schools and with various sports and what that all means in the mix. Because as I said, it's a lot different than it was 15, 20 years ago. Okay, stay with me. Back with more after these messages. And welcome back to the Sports Edge. I'm Rick Wolf. I'm talking this morning with Coach Wayne Mazzoni, talking about the college recruiting process. And, and uh, we're taking your calls and questions at one 337 6666 uh, Wayne, before the break, I mentioned, uh, and this is how, how the recruiting process obviously has evolved uh, over the years. There are showcases. There are travel team tournaments. Uh, as I mentioned, there are even high schools these days which are geared toward just one sport. Like you'll find high schools where it's really just a, a soccer high school. Kids go to high school and they go to classes, but really they're there to play soccer. Um, and from what I can tell... You know, these showcases, these these travel team tournaments, let's be honest, this is all done as a for-profit operation by by entrepreneurs who figure I can make some money, uh, make a profit by basically taking money from these kids or their parents or families to to get the kids in exchange of getting these kids the kind of exposure that they want from college coaches who come to to recruit the kids. So the question is, if you're new to this as a mom or dad, and you know your kids are pretty good athlete, um, and they're, as you say, they're ninth, 10th, 11th grade, how in the heck do you, do you cut through all the clutter of all this? I mean, how do you know even where to go? These Look, the showcases, as we know, they, they can run for a weekend. They can be very expensive. Uh, but how do you know which one is better than another one? And in some cases, for the elite showcases, uh, you have to be invited. So how do you wrangle an invitation to a showcase that you feel is, is worth going to? So, in other words, take a step back. How, how does a parent or, you know, even get a sense as to which is the right place to go? You think it comes back to what I uh, mentioned earlier, is that once you have a sort of a targeted list of the types of schools that make it fit for you, then you could start selecting these events and where you want to spend your time based on the schools that are on your list. So if you have Villanova, Bucknell, Lehigh, Lafayette, Colgate, Holy Cross as your top schools, you know which events that these coaches are going to attend. So you really try to you know, streamline the process by going to the events where those coaches are, mm-hmm. or probably still one of the best things you can do is go directly to that college's actual camp where you get to meet the coaching staff, meet players and the team, see the facilities. So it goes back to if you're narrowed down a little bit on the process, all that clutter can get much more, you know, clear because you're absolutely right. There are that's probably the biggest change in the recruiting process since, you know, years back to now. There are so many more events, so many more kids seem like they want to play at the college level that from the coach's side, by college coach's side, it's almost overwhelming because the pool of kids is bigger than it's ever been before in every sport. So our job is not like sorting through the information of which kids are the right kids and which are the right places to go. So I think it's this is not an easy process from either side. Yeah, and I also, again, want to reinforce to the parents, this is expensive, and it's all caveat emptor. In other words, if you end up, your kid goes to a showcase, uh, and it's not well attended, and they're not the kind of coaches, uh, or the number of coaches from the schools you're looking at are there, there's nobody you can really complain to. You've already paid your money, and that's pretty much it. Uh, none of the stuff is, is regulated or or overseen by any particular government. So it's really, you're on your own. And that's why it's so difficult to know which ones 
uh, to attend. And uh, well, anyhow, it's it's something that has become part of the landscape. It's everywhere these days, uh, and it's something you have to be aware of as a parent. All right, let, let's uh, return to our calls. Let's go to our friend Ed over in Elizabeth. Ed, good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning. Hey, Wayne, how you doing? Hey, Ed, buddy, how you doing? Good. The, the player that played for us th- this summer, that's going to Sacred Heart, he's going to be a good one for your program. I'm glad you guys got him. Awesome. Good. Wayne, uh, the reason why I want to speak to you, too, I tend to disagree with the term recruited walk-on, and I'm going to tell you the reason why. I do some advising for some kids, you know, not, 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 not like it's a business for me. And I tell them, when they hear the term recruited walk-on, watch, and I'm going to share your story. There was a store, there was a, there's a school in Central Jersey, baseball power, top 25 team. They had four players this year go to Division One schools as recruited walk-ons. One of them went to their camp last fall and in and, and, and two scrimmage games hit three home runs. All four kids got cut. So my point is this. I think the term recruited walk-on is something that people got to watch out for. And I advise people that. I said recruited walk-on is not a guarantee. Maybe at some schools it is. Some schools, it's not. I, I think people got to understand. I, I've been telling people, look, if, you, if the school's telling you recruit a walk-on, look somewhere else. And I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to come back to that point because the terminology, uh, it really tends to be sort of, my experience, sort of school-specific. And let's, let's, again, look at this in this fashion. If your kid is looking at a Division One or a Division Two school, and, again, we're talking about baseball since, uh, you know, Wayne, Wayne is uh, a college coach in the, in, at Sacred Heart, uh, if you're looking at scholarship money perhaps being offered at the D1 or D2 level, uh, and if your kid is being told by the recruiting coach, you know, we like you to go to our school here, but the fact of the matter is we don't have more money left to spend in our budget and so on and so forth. So if you come as a recruited walk-on, you know, that I mean you're, we know who you are, we know, we know you're coming to school here, you'll be in the team, but it doesn't really – put any onus on the school and as, as ed says well maybe all of a sudden they decide to cut the kid because they you know the priorities are such that we're going to take most of our time and give most of our playing time to the kids who are actually getting money well, just, here's an, here's, i'm sorry finish up Rick, and then i got one more well, go, go, you, you know where i'm going with this ed i mean the college coach is, is, is a pecking order the kids who got the scholarship money are the kids who are going to get the the uh, the lion's share of the playing time so ed what what's your sense of that Okay, well, here's, here's another thing that I wanted to bring up, okay? How, how many times, and I'm not, and there are schools out there where you want, they want you to go to their camp. Now they want you to go to their camp a second time. I mean, if you're, if you're a smart baseball guy, you can tell if a kid can play or not. Why do you yeah, want to go to camp a second time? And that's out there a lot. Well, that's it. Yeah, that's that's it. again. Let's define that. A lot of the the more recent developments are that, especially again with baseball, but it's also softball and lacrosse, other sports. The college coach, or the program will say we're having a a weekend, a two two or three day weekend. You come as a prospective player, uh, as a kid who might be one to go to school here. You come. The kid pays. It's not paid for by the school. The kid pays the the. Uh, you know the the tuition to go to the camp for a couple of days, and in baseball they go through drills and skills, and they you know take batting practice, they throw as a pitch, whatever it might be, but that's a chance to sort of showcase to that college coach and the coach's staff what you can and can't do, and and you know there's no guarantee. It's just basically it's it's a nice way for the college coaches to see what the kids are coming in or interested in at school. Yeah, let me and just I, if I could just just say one thing again. 
first of all, I think most coaches are really good people and really care about the kids they're recruiting and trying to do what's right and treat the recruits like we'd want to treat our own kids. The reality is, if we're going to recruit 8 to 10 kids each year, mm-hmm. we wish, we would beg that we had money to give every single one of them, but you don't. You run out of your money, but you still need roster spots. And listen, those kids that are getting offered these roster spots, if they had five or six other legitimate scholarship offers, we would probably say, listen, that's a great offer at this other school. Go take it. The kids that we're generally getting with these roster spots are really good players. They just don't have a lot of other options. And one thing I'll, I'll kind of disagree with you on is when we put these kids out on the field, the best player wins. We don't care if you got a ton of money or you got no money. The, the proof is we're trying to win games. There's no politics. Um, we just want to win. So if that means a, a recruited walk-on kid beats you out, then so be it. So when wait, we ask- <laughs> wait, when I was a college coach, I agree with you with that statement. But well, why that- now yeah. are college coaches having kids and telling them they're recruited walkers, telling them with their parents there, and then all of a sudden they cut the kid? Now, now that, that's a slap in the face. You understand what that's, I'm saying? That's, that's, that's brutal. The point I'm bringing up. Yeah, that's just brutal. Yeah, Absolutely that, brutal. That, that shouldn't does that. that shouldn't happen. And and that's 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 uh, and, and you're messing thank, with a kid's life. Yeah, exactly. Right. And thank you oh, for absolutely. Yeah. And let me re- go another caller. But thank you. Have a you great for day, the- both of you. Have a merry Christmas. Hey, Vic. One last thing: Are you having a show next week, or, or are you? Yes. Off? Yes. Definitely. Okay, good. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Thanks, Dad. You to too. You. Merry Christmas. <laughs> you know, Wayne. Let's just clarify that because you know uh, that's the just that's the kind of nightmare that a kid or a parent could, could anticipate or find out, well, Coach, you told me, and I came to your school because you said, you know, I was a recruited walk-on, and you said I'd be in the team, and I could work my way up and maybe, uh, you know, outplay, outcompete other kids who are getting scholarship money, and the kid shows up there in the fall and is told, no, I, I never made any promise about that. I mean, that's the kind of nightmare that, uh, unfortunately, I could see happening. The, the way around that is as you get really serious to committing to a school, yep. the players and the parents should talk to the current players on the team and the parents of current players on the team to find out what the coaches are like. Is the coach honest? I mean, that situation, I got me upset what he just said because no, none of the people I know, even, even our rival schools, don't treat people like that. He's, I'm sure he's not lying, but that's what you have, the kids have to do their research to find out is, is – you can't just go on the coach always. You have to talk to the kids. They're well, living the life you're about to live. Yes, and I that's think cool. that's, that, is, that is not only uh, very uh, smart and, and urgent advice, uh, but I will tell you that, uh, yes, I, had, I have seen uh, programs where uh, the college coach has recruited a kid into the program and said, look, you're on the team, so on and so forth, and the kid gets there in the fall and the coach says, no, I'm sorry, uh, we don't have room for you. And the kid's like, but I'm here now. How can that right. be? And that does happen, and, and you know, it's, it's, it is, an ex- as you mentioned before, I don't think parents understand, this is an extremely competitive kind of situation. And one of the things, uh, as you know, I advocate all the time, is if you get to the point where your kid really is getting closer and closer to going to that school, if you have questions about the kid's status and playing time or what he's going to be or what she's going to be, you've got to get that in writing via email to the coach and ask the question specifically, is my kid on the team? Will my kid be on the traveling squad when you play away games? Is, uh, is my kid going to be uh, a recruited walk-on, which means that he or she will be you know, dressed out? I mean, get those answers, because if you don't have it in writing, too often you know, there can be misunderstandings down the road. And you know, once the kid is enrolled and matriculated in the college, then it gets more and more difficult to, to make changes. Yeah, and on his point, too, I mean, the NCAA makes rules that, make, that tries to make it very difficult 
to transfer up levels because what they never want is they never want higher level programs finding kids doing really well at the lower levels and then just taking them on the team because the kid proved that he or she could play at that level. So when kids move up in levels, that kid's son going from D3 to D1, even if he made the team, would have to sit one full year and cannot get any scholarship money. There's a lot of rules against moving up levels. Going down is much easier. If you go to Division One and it doesn't work, you could go play right away at the lower levels. But when you move up, it's it's there's a lot of rules against I, doing that. I agree, and we could do a whole morning long tutorial about the transfer rules. Oh, uh, it's torture. And and you know if the NCAA rule book is as thick as a well when they used to have manhattan phone books that's how thick it is (laughs) and it's very complicated all right let me let me take a time out we're talking of course with wayne mazzoni we're talking about the intricate uh, details of college recruiting uh, I'll take more of your calls at one 337 6666 Hey, don't forget that uh, 9 o'clock this morning, it is Football Sunday here on The Fan. Of course, uh, Mark Melusis and Dave Deal will have all their thoughts, insights, what's happening on week 15, I believe it is, in the National Football League. And as always, I ask you to check out my website and blog at askcoachwolf.com. And speaking of websites, uh, my guest, Wayne Mazzoni, check out his website for Everything you need to know about uh, college recruiting, you can go to uh, CoachWayneMazzoni.com. Mazzoni is spelled M-A-Z-Z-O-N-I, Coach Wayne Mazzoni. Uh, Wayne, let's go right back to our calls here. Let's go to uh, Joe up in Yorktown, New York. Joe, good morning. You're on the fan. Hey, good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Good, Joe. What's up? Hey, Joe. Uh, great, great topic, and unfortunately, an hour doesn't even do it enough uh, service. But uh, one of the things that, Rick, you talk about this all the time about People need to get educated. The problem with it is getting people to read and to understand. And I think a big pro- a big mistake that a lot of parents make, and specifically in lacrosse, which is the sport that I'm in, is they rely on people who uh, travel teams or club teams for, to be their experts when oftentimes the information that they're getting is actually erroneous. Mm-hmm. What's actually interesting is lacrosse, men's and women, lacrosse, the NCAA put out a survey. Those two sports have the second lowest satisfaction rate among all the sports in college as far as players being satisfied with the recruiting process. Mm. Actually over, I think 30% of the players that play actually feel that coaches during the recruiting process actually misled them as to what their role on the team would be. So going back to something you were telling somebody, I think a couple calls before, right. is about talking to players, you know, just getting on the campus and talking to players and finding out what their experience is is a big help. The other thing, again, because you got to talk to the right people, is different sports have different rules. So what it is now in lacrosse is there is to be no recruiting conversations, zero directly, indirectly, through a third party between a college coach and a prospective student-athlete prior to September of their junior year. So there's no more early recruiting. There's no more verbal commitments with kids in eighth and ninth grade. So if you're a lacrosse player, it's probably not a good idea to go talk to somebody who's a baseball coach or a basketball coach (laughs) about the recruiting process because it could possibly be different. Yeah, Joe, I'm glad you brought that up because I did read, as you said, that there was such a a spate of – of kids who were in eighth grade, seventh grade lacrosse players uh, being offered scholarships at, before they played even a game at the high school level, that uh, the NCAA finally walked in and said, no, we've got to stop that. As you said, now it's uh, September of their junior year before they can actually talk to college coaches. So, yeah, I, it's, yep. it, it's, it's, um, it, the point is we know this is complicated, and what makes things even more difficult is every sport is different, 
Every sport has its own rules, and they they shift, they change all the time. And and uh, you know Wayne obviously is a, you know is a college baseball coach, but he's Wayne. You know all this stuff. It's it's it just changes all the time in terms of the rules and regulations. Yeah, and listen, here's one of the benefits of being at Sacred Heart University. We have 32 sports. There's there's not a lot of sports the NCAA offers that we don't have. And I talk to a lot of the different coaches about their recruiting, and specifically. That guy's call, I think he, he posed an issue and then solved it. I think the reason lacrosse players were unhappy at college is because they were committing so early. Mm-hmm. In eighth and ninth grade, you're telling this kid, hey, you'll probably be a starter when you get here. That's four or five years away. How do you know how this kid's going to develop? I, it's, 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 you know, it's mind-boggling how you can take a kid who's, uh, I guess, 13 and say, uh, oh, well, we think you, you're going to project in four or five years of being a, yes. a, a Division One player. Yes. Uh, and it may be in basketball if a kid is seven foot tall under 13. Okay, I understand that. But other sports, I just think that's crazy. And, uh, yes. and, and, and I think that new rule of the lacrosse recruiting timeline will probably solve that prior issue. Kids will know themselves better. They'll know their talent better. I think all the lacrosse coaches are breathing a sigh of relief that something finally got put in legislation because otherwise they had to do it because everyone else was doing it. Yeah, so. well, it's, yeah, it's uh, based keeping up with uh, your peers. Yes. And yes. Uh, it's, it's, well, and I, I'm glad that's been corrected. And, Joe, thank you for the call. Let's move on to Kevin uh, in Freehold, New Jersey. Kevin, good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning, guys. Pleasure to talk to you. You, Kevin. Hey, I have a question that's a little bit different. Is My son's a wrestler, yep. and um, he's a very good wrestler. And last year in Atlantic City, uh, he lost to the number one kid in the state, 5-7, uh, to seven, who signed a full ride to Stanford. Well, my son uh, this year has been recruited pretty heavily and Division One schools, and he's a very smart kid, and he wants to go to school for engineering, and he's pushing to go to Division Two or Division Three schools because he's more into learning than wrestling mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and just how do you go about that okay to me that's easy and everyone has to know themselves everyone has a different path if he loves wrestling but doesn't want it to overtake his complete life and wants a great education and Correct. he's bright there's, there's a ton of d2 and d3 especially d3 schools i mean th- that would just be a perfect fit for him because D1 wrestling, like every D1 sport, I mean, it's going to be a ton of time and a huge commitment. Um, that's, what you know, the coaches now, tell, that's what the coaches tell him. Like, we've talked to the Division One coaches, and they said that it's a full, it's a full job. Pretty you know, much. Then, pretty much. Like, he, like, he loves Stevens Institute, Elizabethtown. It's a little school in Pennsylvania. Yes. But it's, it's really good. And, like, we've been to a bunch of them. And uh, do you just you let him do what he wants to do, I guess, correct? Absolutely. That's tough as a parent because – we had our day, you know, but it's his day. And if he, you should be thankful that he actually has an idea what he wants. Most kids, you know, his age are like lost. They don't know what they want. This kid has a direction. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Right. Kevin, okay. I, it's, uh, and I think that I just want to hammer that point so it's not lost on, on kids and their parents. When you play Division One sports, wrestling, baseball, whatever sport may be, that's a job. And, and it's not just a seasonal, you know, if you go to a D3 program, you know, it, it, yes, it, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's more of a seasonal kind of uh, sport in terms Correct. of uh, demands in one's time. But you go D1, if you're going D1 for, say, for baseball, you know, when you got in campus in, in early September, you're playing baseball, and when the, and the weather gets cold, 
you're still going through you know, weight training all, all winter, and you start again in the spring with practice five, six days a week. It's, it's a real, real time commitment, and I think a lot of times kids and parents don't understand that, but it's, it's, it's a, real, uh, a real chore if you aren't expecting what's going to happen in terms of, of your job to play sports for that, for that school. So, thanks, guys, and happy holidays. Thanks, Kevin. You too. And, and, and Wayne, let's just discuss that for a second. I think, I think that uh, I, I really want to drive home that point. When, when you go to play a Division One sport, and if you're getting some scholarship money, I mean, yeah, I mean, the coach expects you to be there. I mean, it's, uh, it isn't like, oh, I got a lab today or I don't feel like coming to practice. No, no, no. That's not the way it works. You have to be there. Simple yeah, as that. and that's, that's part of what our job is to recruit, is you want to get the kids that that's not daunting, that they love that. That's what they, they're looking for. You could call it a job, but if they love it, it's, it's the perfect fit for them. So, that's, that's I good. mean, I had two kids I recruited this year. One that was a D1 kid that chose to go D3 for that exact reason, and then another kid who was being crazily recruited by D3 but wanted the bigger experience with people that love baseball more, and, he, and he's wind up going D1. So I think just like you said, everyone's a little bit different, and knowing what the kid's about is, is, a, is a big step in the process. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And, uh, and the good news in all this is that as these recruiting wars heat up over the last few years, uh, more and more parents are becoming a little more sophisticated. They are beginning to have the, the courage, along with their kids, to ask those tough questions. Uh, yeah, it's thrilling and it's exhilarating to have your kid be recruited by a school. You go to visit the, the college campus, you meet the head coach, and so on and so forth. Everybody's very happy and full of, uh, you know, it's very positive. But at some point, you got to say, okay, coach, we're, we're looking at other programs. This other school is offering us a 25% uh, athletic scholarship. Uh, what, what, what can you offer us? And what about uh, you know, other uh, commitments in terms of where is my kid going to end up in terms of playing time and so on and so forth. Those are really hard questions for a kid or for their parents to ask, but they have to be asked, correct? I think they do, and I, and I think the coach doing the job properly in recruiting, as, as again, I think most do, that's all being explained. You don't have to ask for the offer. You're going to get the offer. You don't have to ask for your role. You're going to get your you know role told to you. And um, the things I think that parents and kids should look for is, you know, how are we going to manage academics and athletics? What's in place at the school for my son or daughter to, to get a legitimate education and get out of here in four years so I don't have to pay for a fifth year or a sixth year? I think the questions about what support systems academically are in place probably need to be asked more than maybe the sports-specific stuff because I think the coach will, you know, outright explain all those things if he, if he or she's doing their job and, right. And, and if they aren't mom and dad, make sure you ask because – uh, this is obviously a, a life-changing kind of commitment for your son or daughter, and you have to have the answers uh, before any decisions are made. Hey, Wayne, obviously we could discuss this, as one of the callers mentioned. We could spend uh, hours talking about this topic. We're just skimming the surface here, but uh, my time is short. And as always, I thank you for, for getting up early on a Sunday to join me. Not a pleasure. Uh, not a problem at all. It's a pleasure, oh, as always, uh, every year. So happy holidays. <laughs> thanks, Wayne. Merry Christmas, and thanks again. We'll talk to you soon. All right, sounds good. All right, let me take a quick time out. I'll be back with more. Stay with me. Big Wolf. Sports Radio 1019 FM. The Fan. And Sports Radio 66 WFAN. Well, 
as I mentioned, this is one of those topics we could spend hours talking about because it's so complicated. And for so many kids, when they get through their high school or travel team career, this is the big payoff going on to playing sports in college. To me, the ultimate question, and you have to start with this, is just how good is your kid? Is your kid good enough to make and play it at a D1 level? Uh, or are they going to end up just sitting on a bench there? Would they be better off going to a D3 program and being a starter? This is always a very, very difficult uh, and emotional decision for kids to make, but it has to be done. Uh, and and, and you know, the fact of the matter is we're seeing an epidemic of kids in college these days transferring, which didn't happen 10, 15, 20 years ago, but it sure happens now. You see all the time kids at the D1 level transferring basketball, football, uh, baseball, other sports, which suggests that obviously when they got to the program where they were recruited, things they weren't happy and they decided to go someplace else a lot of concern in this you gotta ask the tough questions if you're a parent or a kid looking to go to play at the collegiate level okay that's going to do it for me in this edition of the sports edge my thanks this morning to brian rascona please stick around for football sunday i'll see you next week right here on the sports edge this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.